Oh God, Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. This has been one exciting, exciting week. What God has been doing, what God has called us to, it's been exciting and awesome. And uh, there was a scripture that, that uh, came to me this week. It's not what I want to share on tonight, but I'd like you to look at it, if you will. And Zechariah, change. See which one has more anointing on it here. Testing, testing. Which one do you guys like? Testing? No, I guess not. All right. Um, Zechariah in chapter 8. Zechariah in chapter 8. And you know, these prophets here in the, the last part of the Old Testament... They speak a lot about the Latter-day Revival, and that's a Bible study just in itself. Uh, the last uh, few prophets here, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, awesome messages uh, to study. But one of the things mentioned here in Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 19, do we have the verses to put up? or Maybe. Maybe not. There we go. Great. Look at that. Okay. Thus saith the Lord. And you can read with me. I like to get everybody involved in reading the Word of God because you remember more not just by what you hear but see and speak. It's just uh, the way it kind of gets written in our hearts. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month and the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness. And I like this part. Cheerful Peace. Therefore, love the truth in peace. Now, how a fast can be a cheerful feast, I'm not really sure if I understand that. But I want my wife to come and share a dream that she had at the ending of our fasting. And maybe we can understand a little bit better how a fast can be a feast. How many spiritually had a feast this past week? Raise your hands, huh? Did you have a feast? Wasn't it just awesome to spend that time seeking God? Come on, Sister Maria. Come up here. She had an awesome dream. And while she's coming on, I want you to look at one more verse also. It says, uh, goes on Zachariah's town about the revival that's going to be taking place. And this is, kind of goes along with some of the visions that different ones have had. Brother Nolan and, and Brother Rosha and different ones have had visions of what God is doing and going to be doing here. So the, uh, we're just longing and we're going to be seeing these things take place soon. It says in verse 20, uh, verse 21, Zechariah 8, verse 21. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Amen. So we're going to see people coming speedily. I know last week was really interesting. Sometimes coming down here on Fukua, I, I, there was a line of cars to come inside here. How many got stuck in that traffic out there when you came to church this past week? <laughs> For a prayer meeting, what an awesome thing. But my wife had an interesting dream uh, towards the ending of our fasting, and maybe we can see a little better how God can turn fasting into spiritual feasting for us. Hallelujah. That caught me by surprise. But I know that that dream wasn't only for me, but it's also for you. The Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I know a lot of us have been faithful to that, and... Uh, 
we've been fasting and praying and the Lord's been cleansing us and purifying us and we've been spending time with the Lord to work in our lives. Amen? And the Lord is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Lord doesn't slumber or sleep. And during this time, the Lord just wasn't laying back during this time. The Lord was not only working in our lives, working in this church, but he also wants to reward and richly bless us. So in this dream I had, I thought I was awake, but I guess I must have dozed off. In this dream, all of a sudden I saw this whole area here filled with plates, and they were all filled with food. Beautiful plates, but I wasn't familiar with a lot of that food that was on the plates. And right away, I knew which was my plate, and my plate was around here. I wasn't interested in anybody else's plate. And the Lord, during this time of fasting and prayer, like I said, he doesn't just lay back. He was preparing a feast for us. And you know what? I looked at that plate, and that plate really caught my attention. But for a moment, I woke up. I literally woke up from my dream, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm fasting. I can't even think about that food. But it wasn't physical food. It was heavenly food. And this food that the Lord had prepared for us, not only for me, like I said, because if I would have just only seen that little plate, I would have just kept it for myself, my family, my husband. But I saw this whole altar right here filled with plates and food and vegetables that I had never, ever seen before. And all of a sudden, I thought, Lord, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of that plate of food. I don't want to take that. But it's not about being worthy. You know, the Lord gave me two words, and that was that we ravished his heart during this time. And that we captured his heart during this time. And God is pleased with that. He's pleased with what we've been doing this whole week. And you know what? I fell back to sleep. I was able to see that. And I knew it wasn't just eating and satisfying my physical body. But I knew there was more to it when I, when I was in my dream. I knew that meant that as I ate it, physically ate it, you know when you eat, you get satisfied inside? Well, I knew that I was not only going to be satisfied with what I ate, but he was going to satisfy everything. And he told me, my child, just come. Possess that which, which is yours. Claim that which is yours. That belongs to you. Your name is on that. Just like your name out there also was on that plate, that food up here, that feast that God had prepared for us. So I went back to sleep, and I didn't really, I didn't remember that I ate that food. But when I woke up, I could taste a delicious taste in my mouth. And everything that I had been praying and longing and desiring for and wanting for my life, for my husband, for my family, I had possessed it. I had claimed it. Amen. And God has that for you tonight. So it's not too late because that food is still laid out here for you. So whatever your need is, whatever your longing is, if it's healing, if it's salvation in a family, if it's deliverance, whatever is, if it's prosperity in your life, whatever it is, come and claim it. Your name is there on that plate of food. And like I said, it's not only physical food to satisfy you physically, but it's heavenly food. And when I woke up, I felt filled. I felt like I had, like I belonged to the king. Like I finally possessed and inherited all that he had for me and my family. So come with boldness and receive what God has for you tonight. Whatever the need is, it's here tonight. Receive it. And don't think you're not worthy of it.
The Lord has it for you tonight. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Awesome. Amen. God gave me a wonderful wife. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So husbands, look at your wife and say, because of you, I have God's favor. Can you do that? Husbands, look at your wives and say, because of you, I have God's favor on my life. Think about that tonight. Amen. We want to go to the word of God. But before we do, I want us all to stand. I want us all to stand. And I probably don't do this. You know, in the, in the, in the children's church, we went there last Sunday just to kind of enjoy all the things that go on. There's a lot of things that happen here on Sunday. Amen. A lot of stuff happens on Sunday. But one of the things that the children's church, uh, uh, the, the lady, I forget what her name is, but uh, she, she, what's her name? Melanie? No. Kathy. Kathy, yes. She said, everybody has to do some ooching. I said, what in the world is ooching? And uh, she said, come on, everybody start ooching. And I said, okay, let's, let's see, what, what is that? And then I saw what everybody did. They all began to move towards the front. So can we do some ooching here tonight? I want to bring everybody right down here in front. Can we do that right? Just come up here and get some seats in the front. We're not going to be very long tonight, and, and I guarantee you you, 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 you won't miss out on anything if you come a little closer. Just come on down, do a little ooching like they do in children's church, and come on down a little closer here. And uh, just take a seat. Or while you're still, we'll, go, we'll go pray before we sit down. And uh, just believe it. Come on forward. Come on as close as you can get and find a nice seat and get to know your neighbors. Amen? Amen. All right. Great. Tonight's miracle service. And we want to share a little bit about uh, how God does those things in our lives. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your presence, the authority of your presence right here in this place. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us from your word. We thank you, Father, for giving us ears to hear. And Lord, in your word, there is power. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And Lord, we have the word of the king in our hands tonight. There's power. There's authority in this word tonight, Lord. Authority. Thank you for it, O oh God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. I just want to get a little closer to myself if I can. I felt God speak to me this morning. And the, uh, especially in the 11 o'clock service where our pastor had more chance to elaborate on the word God had given him. And what I feel to share tonight is simply taking a little bit of what he had shared because it just, it just uh, filled my mind and heart. Have you been to meetings like that where the word of God just fills your heart and mind? I really couldn't think of anything else to share tonight. But what he shared today was about the rhema word of God. Now, that's the word that's been thrown around a lot for many years. But the rhema word of God. And at the difference, basically speaking, the difference between the rhema and the logos. And, of course, it's not a real clear-cut difference between the Greek word rhema and the Greek word logos. Both of them in English are translated word. 
but the real difference that we can understand in the Spirit. And how many understand that this word needs to be interpreted by the Holy Spirit? See, it's not the Greek and Hebrew scholars that can interpret this for us. It's the meanings that the Holy Spirit gives to this word. And and when you read it, without enlightenment by the Holy Spirit, there's really not anything we can understand from it. It's a closed book. But when the Holy Spirit breathes life upon it, it becomes a living word for us. Well, the, the, the word rhema speaks about the voice of God. The word logos would probably refer spiritually, in a sense, to the written word of God. And what is the difference between the voice of God and the Word of God? Well, I want us to think about it just for a minute tonight. Uh, In Psalm 29, we won't take a chance to look there, but in Psalm 29, it talks about what the voice of the Lord can do. It says, the voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord strips the forest bare. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds to calve. And it goes on talking about the voice of the Lord. To the difference between the rhema word and the written word is actually hearing in your spirit a word that God has spoken And tonight, what we want to do, what I really feel to share a little bit about is how we can receive that rhema word of God. How do we get a hold of it? Or how can we begin to hear what God is saying to us? How can we begin to enter in to receiving and having our ears opened to hear that word? Well, Romans 10, verse 17, if you want to open to that, I want to start there and explain, first of all, that this rhema... This rhema word of God, is, it comes and it actually produces faith in us. Romans 10 verse 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, one expression Jesus used a lot is, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And getting the ability to hear this rhema word of God. When God created the heavens and the earth, when God created the heavens and the earth, all he did was speak. Is that right? Just think about this for a minute, the power of this rhema word of God, this spoken forth word of God. When God said, let there be light, light immediately appeared. It was created because the Bible says that before that time, the earth was covered with darkness. All of a sudden, there was light. But the awesome thing about that, about light, is that it's not just light, but in that light, there's other colors also, aren't there? There's basically seven colors in the rainbow. On day three, when God said, let the earth bring forth, He didn't explain, you know, let's have an apple tree here and an orange tree here and over here let's, uh, some vegetables and and some onions. He didn't say all the details because that's how awesome God's word is. All he has to do is say, let the earth bring forth. And when that began to happen, such creativity and one little word that God spoke. Think about that. When God said, 
you know, let the heavens, let there be uh, uh, lights, specific lights in the heavens, the sun, the moon, and the stars on day four. He didn't give all the details of all of how it was going to be, but when that word went forth, immediately whole galaxies, stars, billions and trillions of stars of all sizes and shapes and everything with a perfect order to it. All he had to do was say, let it be. And when that word went forth and created it all, there is power in the word of God to create. Power to create. And then when uh, God said about the animals, he didn't say, didn't give all the details of each animal. He just said, let this take place. And all of a sudden, every kind of species of animals, fish and birds, all God had to do was to speak it. For us, Romans 10, verse 17, in fact, all of chapter 10 there, it's talking about how this word of faith, this word that comes, it's near us. It's in our mouth. When we speak it out, when we hear that word of God, in fact, isn't that how we got saved? Like we heard this morning, we are saved by hearing that living word and we received that word. When we talk about receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, what are we referring to? Isn't Jesus the living word of God? Can you say amen? And, and tonight, maybe you've not been born again. Maybe you've never, ever surrendered to Jesus Christ. Tonight, as you hear the Word of God and hear what we're speaking, you can just open up your heart, receive that Word, and salvation comes. But there's something else besides just receiving with faith. The Bible says we need to also confess we need to take the word that we've heard and we need to speak it. The Bible says with confession is uh, out of the uh, man believes from his heart and confession is made with his mouth. If any man will believe in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, he shall be saved. So it's important to speak that word out. But there's some other important things also. That we need. And I want us to go to this story in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel in chapter 3. There's another very important part of learning how to hear the rhema of God. Learning how to hear the voice of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, a story that Pastor Joe shared this morning, I want to share a little bit more from this story and help us to see something very important about hearing God speak to us. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we, we heard how in those days when Eli was the priest, Samuel had been brought to the temple. If you remember, Eli was the priest in those days, but he just had his troubles. He was not hearing God. He wasn't. In fact, when Hannah was praying, he thought she was drunk. <laughs> he just didn't even have a whole lot of discernment as to what was taking place. But nevertheless, Hannah, when she gave birth to Samuel, she wanted to bring him and have him raised up in the house of the Lord. Now, 
It says here that, that Samuel was, he slept right there in the house of the Lord. And at nighttime, in verse 4, let's just look at verse 4, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, what did he say? Here am I. Now, he answered immediately. But what did he do after he answered? What's verse, what's verse uh, 5 say? It says, And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And you know this happened three times. Now, I want you to think just about something very interesting here. If you were to hear the voice of God, what do you think it would sound like? Would it sound very majestic with lots of reverb on it? Would it sound something deep, like a big thundering voice? What would the voice of God sound like? What do you think? We often think that the voice of God is going to sound so special we wouldn't mistake it for anything. And that's where we make a big mistake. I want you to realize, if we can put that verse back up there one more time. I I like to see it up there if we can. I I like uh, to keep it up there, focusing on it a little bit more. He ran to Eli. Why do you think he ran to Eli? Now, if the voice of God would have sounded like someone else's voice, he would have probably ran to that person. Why do you think he ran to Eli? Because the voice of God probably sounded a little bit like Eli's voice. What do you think? Think about that for a minute. Samuel had learned obedience. He had learned obedience. And what I want to point out tonight is the importance of us here in the house of God, here in church, learning obedience, learning the importance of being part of what God is doing here. Samuel knew that someone was calling. He just, the voice that he heard sounded just like Eli's and he ran to Eli. God could have made his voice sound like anything, couldn't have he? But he knew that Samuel had an obedient heart. Now, this happened several times. And finally, you know, Eli just couldn't get it. He had no discernment, no understanding. He wasn't walking right at all. But finally, he finally got something right. And he says in verse, in verse 9, he tells Samuel something very important. Eli said unto Samuel, Go and lie down. It shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And then Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord called again. The Lord called again. And what does Samuel say in verse 10? The Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And then the word of the Lord was revealed 
to Samuel. What I want to share tonight is the importance of understanding the church, our purpose of coming together like this, understanding what God is doing. Turn with me to the book of Revelations. In the book of Revelation, we see a message. John, is, to him, has revealed many things about the last days. But, the first, but chapter 2 and chapter 3, the message John hears being spoken are actually messages to seven churches that existed in John's day. In Revelation chapter 2 and 3, there are actually seven churches, and each one receives a specific message, and we could call it a rhema word, a specific message. In Revelation chapter 2, for instance, in verse 1, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience. And he goes on speaking to this church. He tells them the things, the good things he's seen, and he points out some things that need to be changed. But it ends on this note in verse 7. Let's read verse 7 together. Revelation 2, verse 7. Let's read it together here. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Notice the word churches is plural. Now, we know there's just one church, the body of Christ, but this is written to the churches. And when we begin to understand, keep that verse up there for us, we begin to understand that what God is doing in these last days is a church thing. Can you say that with me? What God is doing in the last days is a church thing. It's a work with the church. See, in times past, in the Old Testament, God worked with individuals. But now he's working with the church. He's working in the church, by the Holy Spirit, there's a transformation taking place. What God is doing, He's doing in the churches. And the message here that, the, that, that in chapter 2 is to the church in Ephesus specifically. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And what we need to understand is that when we come to church... First of all, the first thing we need to understand down deep in our heart is, does God have me here or not? Is this my place? And once that's become really clear inside your heart, then the next thing to understand is, in the church where God has placed me, there is a rhema word of God for me every time I come. Can you say amen to that? Now, God speaks like we heard this morning. God gives rhema words a lot of different ways. When we're fasting and praying, God will speak. When you're reading the Bible, God will give you a rhema word for your life. But there's another aspect of it that for the church, you see, what God is speaking to the church is a rhema word. 
Now, if my brain is saying something to my body, if my brain is saying, walk up these steps, and only half of my body wants to, wants to obey, I'm going to have a pretty hard time getting up those steps, aren't I? But when my brain says to walk up these steps, every part of my body starts, I don't even know how it happens, it just happens. How many thank God for the bodies you have? <laughs> they don't always obey like they're supposed to, especially when it's early in the morning and you're supposed to get up and go to work or whatever. They don't all, but, you know, there's that functioning where every part of that body grows. Now, I just want to make an important distinction between church, singular, and churches, plural. In Revelations, it's to the churches, and, you know, a lot of people have tried to spiritualize these chapters and refer to some kind of dispensational teaching. I don't like to do that. To me, literally, I just take it for what it is. These were specific messages for specific churches at that time. But it's a living Word of God. So through the ages, it's spoken to all of us. That's the way the Word of God is. Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that word for that Ephesian church, uh, less than 2,000 years ago as a word for us, can be a word, a rhema word for us today. It's as the Holy Spirit applies it. But what I want to show you today is how when God, when we know where God wants us to be, when we know the church family that we belong to, and how many realize this is a family here in Gulf Meadows? This is a family here. And there's lots of families, and every family has their different ways of doing things. It doesn't make one family better than another. But this is a specific family that God is working with here. And the precious thing is understanding the authority that's here, the order of things that are here, and learning to understand this. Now, when God saw that Samuel understood authority, he didn't make his voice sound like lightning and thunder. He made his voice sound like Eli's voice. And he got response from Samuel. And he was able to reveal the word of the Lord to Samuel at the right time. And here in our church, we need to understand that just like this was a message to the Ephesian church. Now, in Revelation 2 and 3, just to understand, we don't have time to read through it all, but there are seven different churches spoken to, and there are seven completely different messages. How many know that today on Sunday, throughout this city, how many hundreds of different messages were there in different churches? Is that right? Now, how many know that most of them were really, probably really pretty good, weren't they? Awesome messages. But which message was for us? The one right here at Golf Meadows. If that's the place we belong. And notice what it says. He that hath an ear. This is the same thing Jesus said when he walked on the earth. And now the same way the Holy Spirit ministers it. He that hath an ear to hear. What are we supposed to be hearing? He that hath an ear to hear, what are we supposed to be hearing? What's it say? Let him hear. Come on, read it with me. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, let's just suppose Mr. Smith is a member of the Ephesian church, but on that day, he just happened to be visiting somebody over in Laodicea. Well, he would have heard the message in Laodicea, and it would have been a really, really nice message because it was a message that the Holy Spirit gave to that church in Laodicea, right? 
So he would have heard a very good message. And he could come back and say, whoa, over there in Laodicea, they really preached the message over there. Y'all should have been over there with me at Laodicea because they had a super good message, hot and cold, and behold, I'm at the door. And great message we had over there at Laodicea. And Mr. Smith from the Ephesian church is talking about the Laodicean message. Well, there's probably nothing really wrong with that because it would have been a message that Jesus gave to the Laodicean church. And it would have been an awesome message. But guess what? What church does Mr. Smith belong to? The Ephesian church. What message was he supposed to hear coming back to first love? That's what the first church, Ephesian, that's what the message was to that church. And for us to overcome, remember that song we sang this morning? This is how we overcome, right? What does it say? To him that overcometh. And you'll find that phrase repeated and to each one of the seven churches. This is an awesome thing. How many want to be overcomers? Okay. An overcomer or is a conqueror. In fact, in, uh, in Spanish, it's the same. Uh, well, vencedor, right? To conquer, uh, to, to be an overcomer. Um, to overcoming implies a battle that we're in. We need to know what part of the army we're functioning in. We don't want to listen to the sergeant that's speaking to, the, to that, uh, another uh, battalion over there, another message to them, and follow those instructions. We've got to get our orders from our sergeant, right? We've got to find out what he wants us to do. And this is a secret for people that want to be overcomers. When we begin to understand that what the Lord is doing in his last days is a church Thing. Say that with me. It's a church thing. It's something that happens with the church. It's no longer me just going out and getting blessed and going to church. No, this is, you know, there, there's a song uh, in one church we sang, blessed, I am blessed, just blessed all over the place. And we're getting blesses, blessings everywhere, but are we involved in the church thing? How many want to be overcomers? We got to be in the church thing. We got to be there. We got to be hearing what God is speaking. And so what Mr. Smith should have done when he was over at Laodicea hearing their message, I mean, he got blessed over there. He may have had to be there for a reason, but the real message, he needed to come, he needed to say, come back to the Ephesian church and say, hey, you know what? I heard a good message at Laodicea, but what did God speak to our family? And they say, well, there's some CDs we're selling out there. Go ahead and get a copy of the Ephesian message out there and listen to it. Find out what God was saying. Think about that for a minute. You know, we, the Bible talks about being forgetful hearers. How many times have you come into a meeting and you've heard an awesome message you get out there in the lobby after the meeting and talking with some people, and someone says, hey, what was, what was the message today? I wasn't able to make it. Well, I, let's see. What was the um, uh, what, uh, Something from the Bible. I'm pretty sure that's what he spoke on. <laughs> Slips are, how many find that happen to you? You, you forget. It's like, a, where did it go? I've learned to take notes. I'm a, I'm a scribe. I take notes. I like to take notes. I like to remember what God speaks. Uh, I like to get it written down. And you know what's awesome Many, many times as we begin to put the pieces together, 
I'm, I'm always taking notes and going back over what God is speaking to the church because I really believe this. This is not something that I'm just making up for a nice message tonight. I really believe this. I believe that what God speaks to the church is a living rhema word for us. It's for us, and it'll produce things. It'll accomplish. What's the, what's the two rhema words that Pastor Joe gave us? Accomplish and, and prosper. Let's say it together. Accomplish, prosper. That's the word for us. That was the word. I enjoy coming to the morning prayer times, and, and Pastor Joe gets a word to share in the mornings as well. It's an awesome thing to hear. To start the day with a rhema word from God. Or even on your own. But learning to hear. Learning to get that word. And once again, reviewing here, uh, Revelation 2 and chapter 3 also, it shows each time, at the end of each message, at the end of each message, he says, two, there's two expressions that are repeated. To him that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit speaketh to the churches. And the other expression that's always repeated is to him that overcometh. To him that overcometh. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our... Now, I don't think that's just meaning going out and telling our testimony everywhere. That's a good thing, too. But I think that word, uh, that's actually uh, the, the living word of God. When we begin to speak it, when we take the word, like like pastor told us this morning, take that living word and speak it over the... He said the parakeet and the goldfish. So if you have parakeets and goldfish, do that, too. But speak it over your household. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your lives. We had an awesome experience of just seeing how taking the word, taking the creative, powerful word of God can produce things, can do miracles. This is a miracle service. It's a time of taking our Sunday service. And uh, I'd encourage all of you that weren't able to come in, come in the mornings, try to come in the mornings because in the evening is the time to appropriate it and see the miracle of that word produced yet deeper in our lives. But my wife and I had a little experience with our, one of our daughters, Kezia, uh, when we first got here to San uh, to, um, to Houston. We moved here in July from San Francisco. And uh, we came down here and uh, a few days after we had moved into the house, all of a sudden a little dog came running right up to the house. Cutest little thing. I don't even know what kind of dog it is, but very cute, friendly. And it would not leave us. Had no collar. We didn't know who it belonged to. So we just took it in. So God gave us a dog as soon as we came here to, to Houston. Our own pet little pet dog. We never had a pet dog. We never had a yard to put a pet dog in. But now we have both, a yard and a dog. And, uh, but the problem was my little daughter, Kezia, was really... In fact, both my uh, younger daughters, uh, Kezia and Priscilla, were really afraid uh, of dogs because they just had never had the experience before. And Kezia especially, she was so panic-stricken. I'd never seen any little girl run so fast. You know, when we'd get home and someone would go, she would, she would run up to her room faster than anything. And it was a, a, actually a panic. It wasn't, wasn't even uh, a regular fear. It was a panic that was upon her. And uh, we tried to speak to her. Oh, the dog, we tried to get, no, it wouldn't. She'd go into tears and be just be very, very difficult. But we began, we began to take a verse and we began just to have her confess that scripture. We took the word, God has not given us a spirit of fear, and she knows it by heart now, right? What's the verse, Kezia? Can you say it for us? God has not given me a spirit of fear and power and love and a healthy mind. Yeah. Amen. 
But we took that verse and we just kept speaking it to her. And every time that fear would come, I'd uh, just hold her in my arms and say, now let's say that verse again together. And that happened, what, for like maybe three, four weeks? We thought, this is never going to work. But we just kept having her quote that verse about fear. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it happened. All of a sudden, she says, Dad, I'm not afraid anymore. And she went and she grabbed the dog and walked her. Now we can't get her away from the dog. <laughs> She's not afraid. She, huh? Just, it was instantaneous. I mean, the, the previous day, panic. I mean, so, so panic-stricken. She would run into the wall or run into a door that was closed trying to get away from the dog. But then the very next day, all of a sudden, boom, the word worked. And it works. We need to confess it, speak it. And when we especially, now think about this, especially when we know this is the word that God is speaking to us here. You see, that's where the real power and authority flows. Let's all stand. See, without, without you knowing it, you, I actually brought you forward for an altar call right there in your seats. <laughs> brought you closer here. But let's take this to heart. Let's take this to heart tonight. We've had an awesome week. God has spoken to us. God has given us words. God has ministered to us. And to let all that just slip away and saying, well, that was nice. What's next? We're going to miss out on what God did in our lives. We need to take that plate of food, like my wife was saying, specifically, God gave us something. Take that word that God has given to us and eat it, digest it, chew the cud, so to speak. Make it a part of your life and realize that, that this is what the church thing is about. It's coming and hearing that rhema word of God. And if you can't make it to a service, on a, some, maybe you're out of town or something came up, you couldn't come. How about calling? Calling somebody or call the church office and say, hey, I want to know what the word of the Lord is this week. And what did God say? Because I want to be an overcomer. I want to hear what God is speaking because I know that's how he wants me to walk. That's how he wants me to talk. That's how he wants me to live. Tell me what was the word of the Lord this weekend. And live like that. Live to receive that word from God. God is just speaking to us here. God has made this a Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. He's making this into a Bethlehem. House of bread for us. Let's pray tonight. Let's pray tonight. Can we just gather closer to the front? Well, I must come all the way up here. And let's just really, just like little Samuel. Don't think you have to hear some booming, thunderous voice. God, first of all, is using your pastor to speak to you. Using people here to give the word to you. Receive it. Receive it. Learn to be obedient to it. Learn to be obedient to that word. Just take, put your hand over your heart and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for changing our hearts to believe your words. Lord, we're hungry for it. We're thirsty for it. Speak, Lord, like Samuel prayed. Speak, Lord, 
for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Lord, I want to have ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking to my church. And I want to hear it. I want to digest it. I want to live it. I want to make it in every part of my life. I want to speak out that word upon my family, upon my children, upon those in my neighborhood, those in my job, to take your rhema words and speak it out. Lord, we receive today. We want to be overcomers. We want to be more than conquerors. And we can do it through your word, Lord. Amen. Just put your hand over your ears right now. Take both hands and just cup them. Cup, don't, don't cover your ears up like you don't want to listen. But cup them, cup them over your ears like, you, Lord, I want to hear. I want to hear today. Just tell the Lord, I want to hear you speak, Lord. I want to hear you speak. Whether Whoever it's through, Lord, whatever it is, Lord. However, through your word, Lord, in my times of prayer, Lord, in church, Lord, through my wife or through my children, Lord, I want to hear you speak. I want to hear you speak, Lord. I want to hear what you're saying, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for how you're speaking. I thank you for the power and the authority of this rhema word. And right now, Lord, I just believe that your word is producing healing, producing miracles in our lives, even as we are here in your presence. Your word will accomplish and your word will prosper in our lives because you want to glorify your name through us and we want you to be glorified in our lives Lord we thank you for what you're doing and we give you all the praise in Jesus precious name amen you're going to have a good week it's going to be a blessed week a prosperous week God's going to do great things in your life God bless you